From COK Studios in Robert Siegel's Solarium, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. On today's show, we're considering the best moments from the second half of 2017. We hope you'll enjoy this compilation of some of our favorite segments that we did in the last year. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from the Cake Foundation, helping give cake to people who like cake. For some free cake, visit our website, cake.org, and we'll send you a piece of cake. Mmm, cake. And Moss Feather Meadow, an all-inclusive resort in the heart of organic hemp country. Book now for a special Bikram Bachelorette weekend where all the activities are done at 115 degrees. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Kodal Natpok. President Trump swore in his new chief of staff Monday morning, former Homeland Security and retired Marine General John Kelly. This came after the departure of Rens Priebus, who left the position last week because he was unable to bring order to a chaotic West Wing. The departure of Priebus came at the end of one of Trump's worst weeks as president, where he openly bullied his attorney general, Jeff Sessions, lost a vote on the repeal of Obamacare, disgraced himself at a Boy Scout jamboree, and came under fire for hiring former hedge fund manager Anthony the Mooch Scaramucci as his new communications director. Scaramucci only lasted a little more than a week in his job as the chaos in the White House reached epic proportions. He was immediately fired by Kelly yesterday in an attempt to return some sense of order to the Trump administration. The Mooch was in the thick of things in his very short tenure, rudely bullying Priebus before his resignation, suggesting he would fire anyone on staff who leaked information, and going off on his colleagues in a foul-mouthed rant in The New Yorker. It's no surprise that Kelly was eager to rid the White House of the vulgar Scaramucci. We are now joined by popular teenage girl and international gossip reporter Melissa Reynolds, who has been following these stunning developments within the Trump team. Hey! Melissa, you've been investigating the White House turmoil this past week. What have you found out? Oh my god. It's the hottest mess I've ever seen. And I went to Polly McDonald's Sweet 16 in Lake Tahoe. There were, like, people huddled in the fetal position, crying in every corner. There were gross piles of pizza crusts and chicken wings all over the furniture. There was puke in the pool and a bunch of gross guys drinking malt liquor, walking around in just their underwear, shoving people into the walls. Well, I didn't mean for you to tell us about Polly's Sweet 16. Tell us about the White House. Um, I was telling you about the White House. Yikes. I know, right? I've never been to a fraternity party, but I bet it's like a thousand times classier than the White House was yesterday. It smells like Dracar Noir and Big Mac farts in the West Wing. Maybe it'll be better now that John Kelly is chief of staff. Did you speak to anyone over there? Well, I was going to talk to my friend Dana's older brother's girlfriend, Gabby, who works there, but she got fired along with some people yesterday by John Kelly. Sounds like a revolving door over there. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Speaking of doors, they've gone through 18 doormen since January at the White House. Apparently, Trump says he doesn't like anyone too tall or handsome. So you didn't talk to anyone then? Oh, I did. I actually talked to Anthony Scaramucci as he left the White House. The Mooch? Uh, yeah, the Mooch. 
Oh, Mr. Scaramucci, I'm Melissa Reynolds from COK News. Please, call me the Mooch. Okay, Mooch. I said the Mooch. Oh, sorry, the Mooch. What's your question for the Mooch? Um, how are you feeling now that you've been fired by the new chief of staff, John Kelly? The Mooch is obviously very disappointed. The Mooch could have made America great again, but I guess those suckers weren't ready to have the Mooch all up in their I can't believe that they just threw the Mooch out just as the Mooch was getting started. The Mooch was too good for those pieces of uh, did they say why they fired you? Something about how the mooch isn't professional enough, and how I was making things more chaotic. You know what? F*** them! That bag of d*** John Kelly told me I was too loudmouthed and crude. The mooch is crude? Well, suck my big Italian balls, you old limp The mooch doesn't need you. The mooch is a winner. And if you think winning is about being nice and not whipping your d*** out and measuring it with anyone who crosses you, then you don't know how to win, and you definitely don't know the mooch. The rest of the interview is pretty much all bleeped, so we should probably just cut it off there. Well, I guess we'll see if the Mooch's departure and the arrival of John Kelly makes any difference in the White House. It can't get any worse, right? (sighs) I keep thinking that, and then I'm proved wrong time and again. Ugh, gross. That was popular teenage girl and international gossip reporter Melissa Reynolds. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to our Consider Your Health series. Alex Truman is with us in the studio today to take your questions on any pressing health issues you might have. Glad to have you back, Alex. Always good to be here, Cotter. Now let's get right to our first listener question. It's from Heinrich in Argentina. Hello, Heinrich. Hi. I mean, hi. How are you? Uh, we're fine. What's your question? I am curious about these reports I am hearing of scientists successfully editing the DNA in human embryos. Uh, what exactly is your question? Is this true? Well, yes. The new research is ultimately aimed at helping families plagued by genetic diseases. The latest experiment used a powerful new gene editing technique to correct a genetic defect behind a heart disorder that could cause seemingly healthy young people to suddenly die from heart failure. That is very exciting. Could that same technique be used to help make someone invincible? Say, a clone of an important leader, perhaps. I think that work like this treads dangerously close to eugenics, which could ultimately be very harmful. Genetically modifying babies is a very slippery slope. It is not slippery at all. It is the opposite of slippery. It is very not slippery. We are in need of this to continue our work. I must go. There's a Mossad agent at the door again. Auf Wiedersehen. That, that was creepy. Yeah. Uh, next, we have an email from Helen in Indianapolis. No, I have a friend named Helen in Indianapolis I just visited. I think this is her. Dear Alex, you left your inhaler at my house the other day. Do you want me to send it to you? Oh, that is so sweet of Helen. No, 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 that's okay. I buy my inhalers by the gross, so just toss it. Her kids probably got their gerbs all over it anyway. Ugh. All right, well, now we have a call from Seth in Baton Rouge. What's your question for Alex, Seth? 
Hey guys, love the show. I was wondering if you've heard of how they're using that Komodo dragon blood to make new antibiotics. It sounds badass. <laughs> that is right. Scientists from George Mason University recently isolated a substance in the blood of a Komodo dragon that appeared to have powerful germ-killing abilities. The race to find new antibiotics has taken on increased urgency as more and more bacteria develop resistance to existing drugs. It probably has something to do with how reptiles could survive grievous wounds, including lost limbs, in filthy environments without getting infected. So, so if I get these antibiotics, I could have I could have dragon powers. That is so tight. Well, hold on, Seth. It is still in the very experimental stages. I think it's highly unlikely that anyone will be getting dragon blood antibiotics anytime soon. Oh, seriously, that bums me out. I can tell you that it is pretty cool to be injected with dragon blood, though. Wait, Alex, you've had the dragon antibiotic? <laughs> oh, yes. I have such a long history of using antibiotics for all my many ailments that they do virtually nothing for me anymore. I was one of the first people on the list to test out the new dragon blood antibiotic. Did it work? It seems to. I have to say, I feel like Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Nothing can stop me now that I have dragon blood in my veins. Well, it's not real dragon blood, though. It's just reptile blood. Just call me Alex Stornborn of the House Truman. Dragon mother, inhaler of steroids, applier of ointments, lancer of boils, the rosacea queen, the pale-skinned lady, Khaleesi of the hyperbaric chamber, and protector of the realm. Okay. Well, I think I'll just keep calling you Alex. As you wish, peasant. Thanks for coming by, Dragon Mother. My raid has just begun! Dracarys! That was Consider Your Health with Alex Truman. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to Halloween. It's time for people to get their costumes ready for parties this weekend and the big day next Tuesday. So we've invited celebrity stylist and fashion designer Peter Grigio to tell us what the hot costumes are this year. Peter, glad to have you back on COK. Hi, Dinah. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Fabulous. Girl, I hope you're wearing that Halloween sweater ironically because it is absolutely heinous. Yes. Yes, I am. Ah, Good. Peter, what can we expect to see as the big costumes this Halloween? It's going to be a spicy Halloween this year, Dinah. Pumpkin spicy. I've actually partnered with an old friend of mine, Salvin Young, who's a fashion blogger, to come up with some exciting new costume ideas. Oh, hello, Sal. Hello. Sal's the strong, silent type, but he's just a whiz with costumes, aren't you, Sal? Yes. See? This year, one of the popular costumes will be Melania Trump. All you need for that one are stiletto heels, a long brown wig, a hat that says Flotus, and fake eyelashes. Oh, and it'll help if you're really, really constipated. Oh, good to know. Sal's blog has all the popular costumes this year. Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, Beyonce's Twins, Luke Skywalker, Pennywise the Clown, a garden gnome. What? What's with the garden gnome? That's Jeff Sessions. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Sal. All right. Now, that makes more sense. All right. Anyway, there's Rick and Morty, the kids from Stranger Things, Winona Ryder from Stranger Things, the sheriff from Stranger Things, Eleven from Stranger... Matt, 
Matthew Modine from Stranger Things. There's a lot of Stranger Things on here, Sal. It's very popular. You don't say. Do you have any clever costumes for couples or groups? Yes. I told you, Sal's got it all, Dinah. You can do Lucy and Ricky, Milk and Cookies, Bobby and Ken, Forrest Gump and Jenny, Bert and Mary Poppins, Bonnie and Clyde, Hitler and Ava Bra- Oh, no, no. Wait, scratch that one. But there's lots of cute couples costumes you can do. Oh, I'm sure there's good ones for families, too. Yes, but nobody will ever be able to top Neil Patrick Harris and his family. Nobody. So don't even try. Don't. Sal also has a section devoted to slutty costumes. But this year, we're trying to make them, you know, sexy but empowering for all women. Glass ceiling. The sexy Hillary, sexy Supreme Court Justice, sexy Malala, sexy Executive Vice President of Marketing, sexy Doctor, sexy Nobel Prize winning chemist, sexy author of a best-selling mystery novel series, sexy nun that runs the soup kitchen, and a sexy mother of two who owns her own business. Oh, that does sound sexy and empowering. It's all in the details. Uh-oh, I've got to go. Some kids have smashed the pumpkin I carved to look like Zac Efron. Kisses! Bye. That was Halloween Costume Tips with Peter Grigio and Sal Vignol. Now we turn to our Consideration series with NPR's own Terry Gross. In this installment, Terry sits down with former CBS This Morning host Charlie Rose, who was recently fired after multiple accusations of sexual misconduct from female employees of his popular PBS interview show. Here is that interview. This is Considerations. I'm Terry Gross. Today I'm joined by former CBS This Morning co-host and former host of the PBS interview show Charlie Rose, Charlie Rose. Charlie, thank you for joining me today on Considerations. Thank you, Terry. I'm pleased that someone was willing to talk with me. It's been a rough time. I'm sure it has. If you're just joining us, my guest is the noted interviewer and pervert, Charlie Rose. In addition to hosting his own popular show for 26 years, he is also a serial sexual harasser that contrived to be nude in front of at least eight women with whom he worked, as well as making lewd phone calls to them. Charlie, what were you thinking? I mean, getting naked and walking around in front of those women? Who told you that was a good move? I know. It's awful. I feel... If you're just joining us here on Considerations, I am speaking to Charlie Rose, the degenerate TV anchor who has been accused of sexually harassing his employees. He is also the recipient of the Walter Cronkite Award for Excellence in Journalism from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communications, which has since been rescinded because he turned out to be a major league sicko who debased women in a professional setting with his disgusting behavior. How did it feel to win that award? It was a tremendous honor. How did it feel to lose it and disgrace the name of Walter Cronkite because you are a deviant? It was very embarrassing. I just want to say that. If you're just tuning in, I am talking to journalist and dirty old man, Charlie Rose, who has justifiably had his stellar career irreparably tarnished by a very unpleasant sexual harassment scandal. In addition to co-anchoring CBS This Morning, he is also persona non grata with people who used to respect him. Excuse me. I was told I would get to defend myself. Oh, no. No, no, no. You're not really here to talk. You're here to hear from a woman on behalf of other women that your type of harassment won't be tolerated anymore. You and the other members of this perverted boys club aren't getting a pass for this behavior. So instead of saying anything, it's time for you to start listening. Like you used to do on your show that got taken away from you. 
If you're just now joining us, I am speaking to a man who I used to admire, but who now makes my skin crawl, Charlie Rose. Charlie, final thought? I always felt that I was pursuing shared feelings, even though I now realize I was mistaken. Do you think? This has been Considerations. My guest has been Charlie Rose, who sickens me. Thank you for listening. I'm Terry Gross. Now it's time once again for our weekly Big Little Wins. Let's celebrate all the little wins in everyday life. Congrats to Rebecca Olson in St. Louis, who remembered to put out all of the ugly tchotchkes and knickknacks sent to her over the years by her Aunt Helen just prior to her visit. Those poorly painted pinecone porcupines may be cheap and are certainly ugly, but the smile on your aunt's face when she saw them on display was priceless. Well done on this big little win. Our other big little win this week comes from Ken Grable in Brooklyn Heights, who remembered to call and cancel his subscription to a monthly clothing club just before the one-month free trial ran out. Good work, Ken. Now you won't have to pay for any of those socks, scarves, shoelaces, suspenders, or spats. If you or someone you know has an alliterative big little win, let us know by posting on our Facebook page or sending us a tweet. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit our website, considerourknowledge.com, for more news and stories. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at ConsiderOurKnow. If you'd like to download the podcast, you can do it at iTunes or at Stitcher Radio at Stitcher.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. Obviously, one thing we do know is these. Mm-hmm. <laughs>